Welcome to Real Estate 360. And now, your hosts and experts, Steve Connolly and Jason Miles. All right, all right, we are here. Welcome, everybody. This is your man, Jason O. Miles, hashtag the real estate trainer. And we have a special guest live on location. Who do we have live on location over there? Hello, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it's Steve. It's Steve Connolly in disguise, of course. Um, Got my ensemble going on here. Uh, You know, so I'm on location at one of our renovation properties, having a good time. By by the way, hashtag unemployable. Um, You know, when I show up like this at work, they just say, you know, you don't really belong here. (laughs) So, yeah, man. What are we going to talk about today, Mister Jason? Oh my. Well, well, we're we're back on location, and uh, or I should say, you're back on location, and uh, we want to talk about. We want to really stress the importance of what to look for in deals, but more importantly, in this particular uh, uh, episode, we want to talk about not just the importance of knowing what you're doing in your deal, but uh, how you're going to fund it properly, the importance of having the right team, and all that goes into really making an opportunity uh, come to reality and show profit for you. So, Because there's a lot of different things that go into that. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Yes, I would. And, uh, you know, these are the things that we talked about before the show. And as as we're now entering the show, I think we might want to cover a little bit of the numbers as well. You know, the purchase price, the renovation, the neighborhood, the ARVs, you know, your basic things that that we continue to go over every single time when uh, we're we're buying a house or a property or a multifamily doesn't really matter it's the same you know yeah and it's uh you know and it's important to make sure that those numbers are understood you know i mean it i mean it's equally as important to make sure that your numbers are understood as it is in having the right team totally you know i was talking to a guy yesterday and he said well what do you think about this and he starts talking about that's three bedroom two bath at the you know and i hear no numbers i said I need numbers. I just need the numbers. That's all I need. I don't, I don't care where the living room is, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because, Hey, listen, you know, a lot of people will call us and they'll give us addresses. I mean, we, we deal with a lot of different kind of people, a lot of characters I'll say. And, yeah. you know, we'll have people that'll just call us sometimes you guys or, or send us emails and follow up on those emails and say, Hey, did you get that property? I sent you. Okay. Well, yeah, I got the property on, on one, two, three main street. I mean, your numbers are way off. We're familiar with the neighborhood. You know, why are you asking for so much money? And we know generally we're going to know the area. Uh, if we know the square footage, you know, we're going to know what kind of renovation is going to need to be, to go into that property so that we can sell it for whatever the market's going to bear. And again, a lot of times, you know, we'll have people sending us properties, you know, it might be a, 900 square foot house in a in an area that and they're telling us the ARV is 300,000 in an area where we know the ARV is probably going to be more in line with about 250 or or 240 uh, at a 14 or 1500 square foot uh range they're telling us it needs 30,000 in renovation and you know we're looking at it and it's a a cinder block house with no siding on it that's too small 
You know, I mean, it's just crazy some of the things these folks will tell you because they're not looking at just they're looking at what could be uh, in the neighborhood, not for what it actually is. And, that, and those are things that you really have to pay a lot of attention to, especially if you're new at this. Because if you just look at the comps they send you, I mean, you're not thinking of all of the things that go into it. You know, square footage, siding, amenities, you know, the the size of the lot, you know, what kind of street it's on. You, you might not be looking at all those things because all of that truly does come into uh, uh, account. You have to take it all into account. It does. And really, there aren't a whole lot of numbers that you and I need to know. We just we need to know the address of the property so that we can do some verifications on the ARV and what's going on in the neighborhood. And, you know, in the Atlanta area, we'll know, you know, pretty much. And uh, what's the price? What is the asking price? That's kind of, you know, if it's an ARV that we see is 250 and they want 240 for it and it's 20,000, you know, I don't have, I don't need to spend a lot of time doing my math on that property. I can go on to something else. You know, a lot of the stuff we look at, it doesn't even, it makes absolutely no sense to make offers. I mean, well, we make all kind of offers, but it doesn't make any sense for us to uh, list or, or market because we do a lot of co-marketing with the investors that we trust, that we know are bringing good deals to the table. And we have a very specific way in which we do that. So if we're, if nine times out of 10, we're selling properties that we actually uh, uh, own or have under contract, the other 10% of the time, we're dealing with a very small group of wholesalers that truly know what they're doing and are giving us good. Or they have come to us in advance and said, hey, here's a deal that I'm looking at. You know, what do you think? Tell us what you think. We get a lot of that from folks as well. Because when we put our deals out, for anyone that looks at uh, uh, Will Sell, gets emails from Will Sell, our sheets are pretty thorough. You know, there's an asking price, a renovation price, a, a budget for the renovation, right? Yeah. So a lot of times we have a line item budget in there and the comps in the area, you know, that are going to be, you know, significant to that. And we tell people, look, you're going to have to add square footage to this if you want to get this price or this value, you know, and then everybody, uh, Steve, I think it's important for people to know too, especially if they're wholesaling and you're looking at, these renovations that there's a different budget if you want to be a renter as uh, uh, than you would um, a fix and flipper, because you might look at that same 900 square foot, two bedroom, one bathroom house and say, Oh, I can get $600 a month out of this thing, you know, or, or whatever the number $700 a month. And they'll do the bare bones renovation just because they're going to rent that thing out. Yes, sir. Uh, there's definitely at least two different uh, categories of renovation. Uh, there's kind of like the handyman renovation uh, budget as well, which we on a little house. We just did a little handyman. We were going to sell it. We just didn't spend that much money on it. We left the kitchen like it was. It was old, older stuff. It was functional. It worked. The other, the property had other uh, attributes to it that made it very saleable. So boom, we sold it really quick. So um, that, I mean, there's just way, way more than one way to skin this real estate cat, if you will. That's uh, exactly right. Yeah. 
And, and, and a lot of people just don't know that. Are they, you know, so many people all the time get hung up on the stuff they see on television, you know, uh, walking out to a, a property, standing in front of it, doing a, uh, doing an auction right in front of the house or, you know, just these outlandish things, you know, some of these significant uh, uh, fix and flips where they have to go pull permits and, and get drawings done and they're done in 60 days. It's just unrealistic unless it's already set up. Right. So, you know, those things you have to understand. And now living in the world that we're living in today, when we have municipalities that are either shut down or working with a skeleton crew. uh, I mean, I know where we are uh, as you're listening to us today, we have to file for permits online and, you know, there, it, it's a process. I mean, and it takes time. It is. It wasn't efficient anyway already, right? By by any stretch of the imagination, you know, it wasn't efficient. But now that this uh, uh, COVID is occurring, you know, there's a lot more time that goes into it, which stresses again the importance of making sure that your numbers are right and making sure you're putting in the right offer, because as a wholesaler. You're not thinking like a person that's going to be the fix and flipper, but you need to put yourself in their shoes because the fix and flipper now is going to have to hold that property at least 60 days longer than they expected. Could be 90 days longer than they expected, but at least that. And they're considering all of that when they're buying these things. So you have to consider your offers and getting the absolute best price, knowing that things are slower Slow things cost more money. So you have to be in position for that if you want to be effective as a wholesaler. You know, and and that might bring us to the topic of funding your renovations, funding your projects. And, and as you mentioned earlier, the proper crews get things done. Uh, I know that I, I contacted my GC, one of our GCs, about getting a permit on the property. And he said, you know, it's going to take us some time. And honestly, that kind of surprised me. I said, you know, I thought we were opening back up. I'm, I'm over here in Steve's world, I guess. <laughs> and not really uh, always 100% in, in this reality. Anyhow, so, uh, yes, it's going to take more time. That's basically the bottom line there. So. And, and we have to be prepared for it. That's all. I mean, we um, yeah. have obviously seen the slowdown uh, in our business as it relates to getting the permits on projects like you're at right now and getting inspections on projects like you're at right now, you know, having the city or the bank. This particular project, thank goodness, we got the permit before the virus hit. We did get a, a stop work order. Oh, my God. You know, one of those, which we got cleared up during the virus. So our crew is getting ready to get back over here, right here next week. No, tomorrow, mm-hmm. tomorrow. And uh, so we're going to be we're knocking this thing on out in about two, two and a half weeks. That's right. Well, Steve, look, we got to take a quick break and uh, let's come back and talk about this deal that you, you're walking through today. Do you need to sell your house? Well, our company will buy, will buy your house. We make the process very fast, very easy, and it's all cash. All you have to do is give us a call today. 
We'll buy your house. Click 833willbuy.com. That's 833-W-E-L-L-B-U-Y.com. Or call 833-WILL-BUY. Se habla español. Llámanos. Call us today. Hello, hello. Yes, sir. This is one of our projects that's taken us a little bit of time to get to this point. And uh, we're, we're really kind of at the tail end of this. Although when you when we walk through here in a minute, you're going to say, what do you mean? It looks like a lot of work to be done in here. We've done most of the hard work already. This let last little bit for us is like two, two and a half weeks to finish. But uh, we were talking also earlier about the neighborhood and the address and the numbers and all that. And let me talk a little bit about that. I'm going to do a quick swing around here. Just going to do a 360 pan. And it's so you can see the, the neighborhood. There's the house across the street. Nice little brick ranch. The neighborhood has improved considerably since we bought this house. There's been a number of renovations. So that one went on the market. It uh, looks like it's sold. It's, this is about a $200,000 neighborhood, okay? Also, the houses are not that big. You know, around 1,000 square feet, 950 to 1050, 1100, so forth. So as long as you're keeping your renovation within those walls, it's, it's just not that difficult. You're not doing new drawings. You're not changing too much stuff around. And you're not spending a lot of money on your renovation because you've got your four wall structure. You've got your kitchen, bathrooms, and bedrooms. And that's pretty much it. And so we bought this property here for 35000 That sounds like a great number. And it, it was, but oh my gosh, you should have seen it before we got a hold of it. It had a huge hole in the roof that had been there i would guesstimate for at least five years probably more like 10 because of course you know rain had come in and there was issues with structural and the whole works 50 or sixty thousand dollar rental budget on this and of course issues always issues a little bit more in this in the structural than we had anticipated so we're going to be in this for a hundred or so uh, all together and put it on the market for in the high, you know, 100s, like 189, somewhere in there. Pay a realtor and, we, we, you know, we'll probably net around 50 or 60 on this. How's that sound? I think that's a, a, a solid deal. You know, know, knowing the neighborhood, you know, being, you know, and it's and it's amazing uh, because this is a neighborhood that for a long time, it couldn't even imagine the kind of numbers it's getting right now. I mean, you know, this was... When when you say it has considerably changed, I mean it has yeah. considerably changed. I mean that is a a very political way of saying <laughs> what what has occurred over there over just I'd say the past ten years really. And um, right? yeah, I'm glad that. And, and really, when I when we got here, and I actually I drove through the neighborhood uh, looking at this house, of course, and down the street is another house that had just been renovated, put on the market for over 200, same square footage with another investor that we know locally. And it was on the retail market. I'd watched it and we'll look back at the history 
for the last, it took them like five or six months to sell it. And I know, I know why they were having trouble getting people to qualify for it. I'm sure that's what it was. Uh, but it finally sold right around a little over 200. And I said, okay, that's the anchor property for this neighborhood. And so I said, all right, I'm in. Uh, so I was following the leader on that to a certain extent. And then so we started on this one and then other people saw that going on. So, you, you know, the synergy of just other, other things happening in the neighborhood. And so that kind of kicked things off. We were not the pioneers on this one, although we were pretty, we were right behind. Yeah. At least this way. We weren't the scout. So the scout's the first guy out there. And so we were the pioneers right behind the scout to say, okay, yeah, we see. We see what you're talking about. Let's go. You want to take a look through? Yeah, let's do it. But while you're preparing for that, I just want to uh, reach out to everybody that's listening right now and tell them thank you or say to them, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing uh, to our podcast, which you can listen anywhere. It looks right down there. Uh, anywhere it's available, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Alexa, anything, all of it, you know, thank you for listening. Please continue to listen and share. Uh, make sure that you're checking out the website, realestate360show.com. You can, you can watch us visibly there. If you're only hearing us right now or only hearing us on your podcast, you can see us right there at realestate360show.com. You can see what kind of courses that we have coming up, which kind of events that we have coming up, all these different things, all this information. You can even download the free four-week action plan right there. The four-week action plan is an outline of everything that you need to do to set your business up right over the course of the first 30 days to get you in position to find success from the structuring of your business to going out there and, you know, starting the market and making deals, right? It gives you everything you should be doing for four weeks, all right? Everything you need to do in week one, week two, week three, week four. And if you have any questions and if you <clears throat> want to get more involved in your business or just the real estate industry as, a, uh, as an investor, make sure you go to realestate360show.com see what kind of events and courses we have coming up and just take full advantage of it. But in the meantime, again, thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Please continue to do so. So let's get back to boots on the ground. Can we? Yes, sir. But I got to say one thing um, and listen to me carefully. Holy crap. <laughs> you no, know, you sent me the, uh, you sent me the link to the, to what you've put together on this training program. And it's like, Oh my God. It's amazing what you've done. I am totally impressed. Well, it's, it is solid. I mean, where else can you go to get, you know, I mean, you're going to get an individual, an individual uh, a map roadmap for what it is you want to do and how you want to do it. You know, it's a, <clears throat> it's a, it's basically like a guidance service on top of all the education and the downloads. I mean, it's uh, it's unlike anything really that's in the market. It, it truly is nothing like it because so, because there's nothing or no one like Jason O. Miles. Oh, you're too kind, kind sir. You're too <laughs> kind. You're too kind. <laughs> but that's okay. It's true. So, so Steve, I'm 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 looking at this lovely indoor fence you have. 
Well, yeah, I'm going I'm to talk about that, but I want to do a quick 360 to give you know, everyone a perspective. So that, what we're looking at here is, you know, of course, the living room, kitchen. That's the kitchen, you know, right there. It doesn't look like a kitchen, but it will. Give us a minute. Back, back deck, we added that. We added this little room here, which was a laundry room. We just kind of reconfigured it and converted it. <clears throat> and, and, of course, that's the front door right there. Uh, well, right there. And, yeah, you, you like the fence, huh? I like the fence. What? It's, a, it's a unique fixture. It's, like, uh, it's yeah. like your own little accent wall in there. Exactly. Anyway, with that to create like a little accent wall in the living room. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So no, that that's just on the, on the, the window to cover it up. So people won't mess with the stuff with our stuff, you know? So, um, as, if you look down here at these floors, they're all pretty much new, uh, underlayment because we've gone in and changed out a lot of the structural members in this house. Oops. Okay. Right, right there. You can see a whole bunch of new floor joists, right? I'm assuming you had a lot of, a lot of uh, rotten floor joists and uneven floors. We did, you know, uh, this is the room right here. This is the back bedroom. Uh, you can, this was a, a, a uh, well, let's call it a skylight, like a 10 by 10 skylight with, you know, no glass over it. <laughs> That's where the hole was in the roof right here. So this room right here, we had to rebuild pretty much the whole whole floor structure and everything. This is the master bedroom. And uh, that's our master closet. I'm just going to try to swing this thing around here like that because I really can't get in there. But that's our master bathroom and so you know i was saying earlier that th this is like a two two and a half week job for us we're going to knock it on out this looks like a lot of work and this and it is for most people a lot of work this is the second bedroom we got we have a number of our supplies in here flooring and so forth just getting things ready to go uh ele electrical's all brand new there's the box, second, second bedroom there. I mean, you know, it's a house. It's, it's basically a box, you know, and that's what people, we all live in. We live in these boxes. And uh, so we're going to come and finish up the electrical, power's on, water's on, permits are in place. Now, all we have to do is just do the work and come, going to come in and do hardwoods in here, new kitchen, new bathrooms. Now, Steve, you got yeah. a, you got a second bathroom in that house, right? Because originally it was a three-one. Correct. Yeah, and so, this um, this this will be it. That little room right here. It's just slash. So, well, we got We got to take a break, but I want I want you to, when we get back to describe the thought process that went into squeezing in that second bathroom to make it an efficient home. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Right after the break, man. Hi, this is Sammy with Sammy Hadid Real Estate, Keller Williams. Are you looking for a top producing agent who will look out for your best interests? Top dollar on the sale of your home, a well-negotiated contract? 
an efficient closing, please call me at 305-978-4249. I'm more than happy to set up a consultation. I'll put together a proposal for you to net top dollar for your home, what it is that I'm doing to get all my homes sold. Then you can decide what's best for you. Again, I'll do whatever it takes to get your home sold for top dollar. And I promise you that I will protect your equity with my life. 305-978-4249. Sammy Hadid, H-A-D-I-D. All right, and we are back with uh, Boots on the Ground, Steve Conley. And Steve, I, I remember walking this house uh, in the very, very beginning when we when, when you first got it and we were looking at it and saying, okay, we're not adding square footage to this. It's only a, a thousand square feet. We didn't need to add the square footage based on what we were seeing in that market, but you had to squeeze in a second bathroom. How did you say, okay, and I, and I, and I know there was another mind involved in that, in that process, but it had to go somewhere. It ended up being like three of us, uh, you know, discussing it. And what we had here originally right on right here on this wall was a hallway so we brought this wall out a little bit and we got rid of this hallway so that hallways are useless you know they just don't add any living square footage Hmm. so we got rid of the hallway we closed off that doorway over there we moved the door to the back of the house built this nice deck which makes a lot more sense you know so you can get it get out there and enjoy the deck right off of the kitchen. Now, it's not exactly the best thing to, to have a bathroom right next to your kitchen. So, But we just, you know, in a 1,000 square feet, you just have limited options. So we made the decision to put that there. Now, this was a laundry room, so our plumbing and all was pretty much there. Okay, but so now what do we do about a laundry room? So we came over here, and we built out this into a laundry room. You can see the little laundry room fixtures right in there. So now our our laundry room is in the hall, which is, you know, a lot of people see that. That's pretty standard. It's not unusual. So we're not going to surprise anybody with that extra kind of a feature, if you will. So uh, that's, that was that process right there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely answered the question because, you know, there there was a lot of thought. There's a lot of thought that has to go into those old builds, you know. Um, you know, this is, again, it's a thousand square feet. It's it's not a lot at all to work with. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this house was built in the 60s, if I'm not, I mean, like in the early 60s or late 50s, if I'm not mistaken. And, um there's just not a lot of room to work with in a thousand square feet. It's just not, you know, especially from the floor plans that were utilized back in the day. You know, it would have been very easy if we were in another city where two bedroom or another part of the city where a two bedroom, two bathroom, 1000 square foot house is sought after, but that's not that part of the city. Right. And we could have certainly taken the chance to leave it as a three one, but that's taking a chance and we're gonna we we would be taking a hit on the value and the appraisal and the demand and people that would want a three bedroom one bath it just cuts down on our market you know there aren't that many people that want that but that's exactly right and it would have sold better uh, as a two two not as a three two as a three two it'll sell a lot better evaluation's going to be better yeah. but 
you know, if we could have just taken that house and moved it to another part of town, it would have been a very easy thing to do in terms of changing it to a two bedroom, two bathroom, keeping that thousand square footage. Like if that house was in, you know, Midtown or in, in Truett Hills or any bucket even, you know, I mean, that would have been a solid, solid purchase at a totally different dollar amount as well, but it would have been great, but it isn't there. It's where it is. So we have to, as fix and flippers, find ways to make things work efficiently and effectively uh, for the market. You also mentioned that you're going to keep that number, bring that number down, even though we know that there's 200 and 210 and 208 right there in the neighborhood. I mean, there's one on the block. You know, um, but you'd mentioned, hey, we're gonna we're gonna come in at you know 189 or so, uh, which is lower than those other sales. But this one has a little less square footage uh, than some of those, and and it's gonna be priced to sell. You know, it's gonna be priced to sell in the market that we're in today, as opposed to trying to get every dollar out of it, which some people will do. And I know you can attest to that, Steve. Some people will say. Well, they've got two hundred ten thousand dollars sales. I want at least two hundred and five, and then they hold it for five or six months, all the while spending money, right? They're they're spending money on the on the uh, mortgage payments, paying interest on that thing, which you don't get back. You're just throwing money in the well at that point. Um, you know, when they could have gotten one eighty nine, sold it quickly, and saved themselves five or six thousand dollars, and just been done and out of the deal. Correct. Correct, and. Even if they do get their number, their their higher price, and it takes five or six months, they're they're right back to where we are right now, which is okay. Let's get it on the market for one eighty nine. Same thing, except we've moved our money a little faster. That's right, because yeah, because it's the opportunity cost as well. So yeah. even if you do the simple math and say, hey, listen, my payment is a thousand dollars a month. It took me six months to sell it. I wanted. Uh, uh, 205, I got 205, you know, we're, we're grossing, you know, 199, we make $10,000 more. Yeah, but what could you have done over the course of six months with that $6,000 that you're talking about you saved? The opportunity cost is, in my opinion, too great. That $6,000 that you held out for, or an extra 10,000 that you held out for, for six months, could have got you two more deals that made you 10,000 a piece. Good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. The opportunity cost is, is, is phenomenal. When you look at things, time and money are they're just wrapped around each other. You know what I mean? So, so yes. You know, so, I mean, it would be a totally different scenario if, if there were an extra 30 or $40,000 on the table, completely different way to look at it, but it isn't, you know, it's, a little bit of money. I mean, Steve and I share philosophy. Hey, let's let's turn and burn. And yeah. that way we can get more things done, you know, in in the wholesale and the fix and flip market. Now, when we're fixing and flipping, we definitely want to be competitive in the market. We don't want to cut undercut the other guys. No, heck no. We, so, don't want, to do we still no. want to maximize profit. We don't want to give anything away. But but at the same time, we don't want to sit on it either but that's exactly right you know and coming in at one we're not trying to hatch here you know we're just we're just trying to lay them and go that's right (laughs) and coming in at 189 you know it's (laughs) that's not a bad price for the market nobody's mad at that number i mean it is priced to sell in the market that we're at 
Now, having said that, when it comes to actually putting this house on the market, we're going to go in and, and start looking at what has sold, doing our research, see what was really recent, like in the last two weeks, three weeks, which is from where I'm standing right now, will be in the next two to three weeks. What happens? What's going to happen in the next two to three weeks? And when we get there, we'll look back and say, okay, maybe some things have changed. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. Then we'll make a final determination. Hey, we might be at 199. We might think 199 might be a good price to sell it quickly in the marketplace today. It might be 185. Another thing that I find with with, with the way that we do deals uh, is I, I find I find it very interesting how we structure these things financially, because we'll have different things that happen, you know, during the course of our acquisition or during our holding time or during our rental time. And, you know, we're not like a lot of other investors in that we are, if we need something, we're going to ask for it. You know, we're going to reach out. And I I think that's vitally important to understand because this kind of goes where we were talking about in the first segment in terms of, you know, not just having the money, but having the right team. And that team very often isn't just our contractors, our contractors, our subs, all those folks are important, but it's also our agents, our financial sources, especially if it's private money, you know, I mean, like truly private money, not the lender that says they're a private money source. You know, they may raise money privately, but you're getting a hard money loan, which is completely different than raising private money. And not a, not, I don't think a lot of people understand what the difference between the two is either. You know, I think you're right about that. And the difference is, is huge. It's there's a middleman in there uh, called the hard money lender who really has a fiduciary relationship with the private lender. And he's, he's there for two reasons. One, to ask money that, or that lady's money and to add a fee on for himself. So he's there to make money and to protect that, that money. Um, and, you know, that just kind of, brings me into a thought of when we're wholesaling stuff, if there is a hard money lender involved, then you and I are looking at like, okay, there's another set of eyes on this. Is this going to be a cash deal or is it going to be private money or is it going to be hard money? If it's hard money, I usually step back a minute because I'm thinking, okay, the, the buyer on this deal is no longer in control. The hard money guy is going to be stepping in and he's going to take control of that transaction, right? Every time, every time, you know, and and it's a very important distinction for people to understand, you know, what hard money is and what private money is and how not to get caught up in the trap. Because you hear these trigger words when when you're on social media or when you're when you're reading whatever it is you're reading. These trigger words are, you know, private money, private money, private money. You truly have to know what private money is and how it differs from hard money. Okay, cash is cash, like Steve said, right? You know, it's it's private money, hard money, and the cash deal. A cash deal is you sending a wire straight to the attorney and being done with it. Uh, how is that any different than private money? Well, there's a slight difference, right? There's a slight difference. And I can tell you this, after this break, Steve, let's give them a breakdown on the difference between hard money and private money and how important it is to have some of that on your team. And I've got an example on 
on the multi-unit that we did last year that's a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Let's do it after the break. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it is, call us. I'm Scott with Five Star Services. We do home renovations from your rooftop all the way down to the ground. Interior, exterior, it doesn't matter. We do it all. Give us a call. You can reach us at 404-348-2348. That's 404-348-2348. Or you can get us online at www.5starservicesatlanta.com. Give us a call. Estimates are free. We'll be happy to take a look at what you have. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it is, call us. I'm Scott Bowen with Five Star Services. And we are back. We are back. And hey, guys, Steve and I are talking about right now your team and and, and what that means. And we talked a lot last uh, uh, last week about your construction team and putting it together and so on and so forth. And now we're talking about not just that and the importance of having that and understanding that process, but understanding how your money flows in that process as well, what your team is like in that money. More importantly, uh, as we were having this discussion, I think that it's really important to understand the difference between hard money and private money. And I'm just going to give you a very brief example or, or, or definition and Steve's got a great example that he's going to share. So the, the definition, this is a loose definition, of course, but hard money is hard money. If you're going through a lender and a lot of hard money lenders, at least uh, it used to be where your credit really didn't matter. Right. But now it does. It's, you have to go through this application process and you have to go through their vetting process. And if they don't like the deal or if they don't like the ARV or if they don't like the budget that you put forward, you know, they're going to cut it here. They're going to cut it there. It doesn't matter what you believe that you can get for it or what you may know you can get for it. That hard money lender is going to insert themselves in the deal. And just like Steve said in the last uh, segment, you are no longer in control of that deal. You're in control of getting the stuff done, but you're not driving the car. You're more like the, you're more like the navigator, right? And and the hard money lender is driving the car. So you're just getting a loan that you're paying a lot of money for, and you've got to go through a lot of scrutiny to get that deal done. Now, private money is you raising money from from private individuals, and you're saying, okay, would you? And and again, you may be paying 10, 11, 12 percent a year for that money. But guess what you don't have? You don't have someone's thumb on you on the back of your neck telling you what is a good deal and what isn't a good deal. It's you. So once you've made a deal with a person or a group of people to borrow money for them at some annual interest rate paid out either monthly or quarterly or semi-annually, whatever it is you agree on, now you have the flexibility to simply stroke a check and get a deal done. You know, you're paying interest on it. It's not tip. It's not a quote unquote cash deal because you're paying interest on the money. But, you know, it's structured like a cash deal. You're paying interest. You might borrow all of the money. It might be acquisition and renovation money. And it's just sitting there for you to get it done. Now you don't you don't have to wait for the inspector to come. You know, the lender lending inspector, that is, to come and check it out. You don't have an inspection fee you know, of anywhere between $150 and $200, sometimes $250. Uh, you just don't have that. So you, by raising private money, 
you have now created ease of business for yourself, ease of doing deals without the scrutiny of a hard money lender. And some people may say, hey, the checks and balances, we need it, we need it. But if you're good at what you do and your team, your actual success team is, is helping you to know, here's what it's going to cost to renovate. Here's what the real ARV is. Here's what you should be buying it for because you'll know your numbers. You don't have to second guess yourself because you've got a team in place to help you verify, cross-check, double, triple verify. You know you have a deal before you uh, pull the trigger with your private money. And that saves you thousands of dollars in points per, per deal per year. It saves you thousands of dollars in interest because you don't have to wait. If I mean, if you've got five draws, you know, it could take you three to four days per draw to get the inspector out, you know, have them look at it, put in all the stuff, get you your check back. You know, it could be two weeks right there and whatever you would have paid in interest on a real hard money loan, you know, that money's gone. You know, if, if you're paying 1200 bucks a month or whatever it is, it took two weeks over the course of that, it cost you 600 bucks that just came off your profit. It doesn't sound like much, but if you're doing, you know, five, 10, 15 deals a year, that's six to $9,000 a year in profit that you're throwing away. And that's if you're running efficiently, okay? That's if you're efficient. And that's so, if COVID-19 hanging around out there and other issues that show up. And there's all there are always other issues. This is planet Earth, you know? Thanks. There's stumps up your toe on. You're 100% correct. And, and that is the difference. That's the difference between hard money and private money. So it's important for you to know it. So when, when you talk to a lender or when you're being courted by a lender that says, hey, we're private money, we're, we're you know, we're just private. Ah, okay, uh, you're just going to give me some money. Uh, you know, I don't have any points. Uh, we're just, you know, we're just going to do this the way a real, because that's what they are. They're private money uh, lenders. They're saying that because they're raising private money but they're still hard money lenders. They're raising it the same way we would teach you how to raise it, but they're charging you a premium to do it. You know, you just gave a $5,000 real estate training course in, in less than <laughs> 10 minutes. So, and, and that's what you can expect on the real estate 360 and, the, and, and all the training that we do. But there are other things to consider when, you know, you're looking at transactions. And thank you, by the way, for, for all that. Um, yes. Last year, we came across a, a small apartment building. It was like, oh, yeah, let's let's do this one. Absolutely. Wrote a contract on it. And so we were just going to wholesale it off really quickly. Now, then, from a wholesaler's point of view, do we care that much about private money and hard money and cash and that sort of thing. Well, not from our perspective because we're not borrowing it, but we definitely do care from who's going to be buying this property from us. Right? Because now we got to know if we're just going to wholesale it, that means we're not going to go get the money and buy this thing. We're just going to write the contract and sell the contract. But we need to know is the guy buying it going to be able to, qualifying and get and get the get the transaction closed is he going to do it on time right so you know so we wrote a contract on this apartment building made a couple calls had a guy that's interested 
put, gave an offer out there. He said, he didn't say, yeah, he didn't say no. He said, we need to do some due diligence. A couple of days went by. I got impatient. I put it out on the marketing, you know, actually I was really pressuring them a bit. Just let's get real. Um, so I stuck it out on marketing for like $200,000 more. I got, I got a, a, another offer in that was like $180,000 higher than the offer that this other fella and I had already agreed on. Right now, here's the difference. His was all cash, you know, he said, listen, whatever you want, if you want 10,000 in earnest money, if you want 50,000 in earnest money, if you want it, why he finally came around when he saw that I sent it out. And I said, listen, I already got another contract here for $180,000 more than our deal. I said, he said, I told you I need some due diligence. And I said, well, I gave you two days and I know what he was thinking. He was thinking a week or at least, you know, it's an apartment building. And I'm thinking, you don't need to think about this. <laughs> you know, it's not how much due diligence do you need? So anyway, well, that was a little bit of disconnect on that. So we got, we got all that straight. And, and finally, um, but the second offer, even though it was significantly more money, right? It had a lending component in there. So the buyer was saying, okay, I need to get the appraiser over here. I need to get the lender over here. You know, all of a sudden there's a bunch of fiery hoops that have to be jumped through, even though I might not be the one jumping through them. I'm going to be standing next to the fire on the hoops it, because it's, it's my transaction. I've got a contract to buy it. I've got earnest money on it. And, you know, hey, and that means, you know, Miles and I are in this and we need to make sure that on the back end it's, it's going to go through. So. Again, the financing contingency, whether it's private, whether it's hard money, had this been private funds, whole different story. You know, we could have gotten the private lender on the phone or, or cash, you know, money on the phone, whatever it is, and say, hey, are you going to put the money up for the property? Yes. Okay, done deal. We're, you know, that's great. But it wasn't. It was more of a hard money transaction. And we want to see... Uh, the end of this, how's it going to play out, right? So yeah, I signed the, I signed the original one. It was one hundred eighty thousand dollars less. Uh, ended up with a, a significant amount of respect from that particular individual. I know he has a lot of cash, and one day we'll do another deal. Uh, up to now, we have it because he's he's picky, <laughs> too damn picky. I can't get anything for him. <laughs> you know, hey, it's what they say. You know, he who has the gold makes the rules, right? You know, and uh, uh, there's a oh, there's a great saying, man. Uh, I, I can't pull it out right now, but it, it, you know, money is is never harsh or rash when it comes in. You know, money is always patient. You know, the money always has the last say in the deal. It always does. And if we know that going in, we as we've already learned through our years of experience. We package things, these things up in a manner that is respected by the people that are looking at it. We are not those guys that are in the market that are just throwing stuff out there. Because as you said a, a few minutes ago, we are making sure that we're looking out for the buyer as well as our profit margin. Because it makes no sense to go out there and make deals that people can't buy 
because the lending doesn't exist for that particular kind of a transaction, right? So we've we've done that, we've mastered that, we know what's out there. Even when things are shifting and changing, we have to sometimes go back and negotiate our deals. That's just the that's just the way things go. That's right. And, and right now, though, our perspective is, you know, we're just not going to do one that is even marginal. We want the absolute, you know, no question, this is a great deal property. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, why bother? You know, we just don't need it, right? Yeah. We're just looking for the fat pigs right now. That's right. We'll leave the skinny ones there for next uh, next season. Yeah, let them fatten themselves. <laughs> That's right. Hey, but Steve, we've got to get out of here. But uh, yes, we do. I want to thank everybody for watching and encourage you again to go to our podcast, Real Estate 360, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, share, send Steve a message. Tell him how much you enjoy his walkthroughs and watch it. Go to the website, realestate360show.com. This is your man, Jason Miles, signing off. Steve? Signing off. Peace. Peace. Peace.